Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 136 of the High Sensitivity Podcast, and thank you for listening. If it's your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news, as well as what we watched or played over the week. My name is Barry, along with my co-hosts. My name is Craig, currently growing my hair out because my barber and best friend of 15 years has decided to retire because she had her second baby. Hi. I can't say your name, though. (laughs) Uh, My name is also Craig, and a big hello and congratulations and welcome to the World Cup, right? Yeah, World yeah. Cup time. Yep, World <laughs> Cup time. And now, now that you mention it, you know, I, I do see that your hair is a bit longer now, mm-hmm. Craig. I, I, did, yeah. I, I didn't notice it, but now that you mention it, you're, it's yeah. definitely grown out. How yeah, I definitely just had, Well, it's hard to get a barber in this town or at least to schedule it because you have to do everything through like a third-party scheduling app. And mm-hmm. everybody's booked because, you know, we live in a very populated town. So I – fingers crossed for Tuesday – but uh, yeah, I've been growing it out. Uh, she retired, and I'm like trying to find a new barber after having the same one for 15 years. She's also awesome person having her second kid. You know, very excited for her. But I'm like, oh no, oh my god. <laughs> it's long. well. You want to know what doesn't leave after 15 years or doesn't have kids? It's the news <laughs> this week. <laughs> It'll stuff- never leave you. Yeah, the news. Yeah, news is never going to leave you. It's not going to cut your hair. You're not going to call it your barber, but it's going to be here. Yep. Yeah. No matter what. Uh, (laughs) So first up for us is going to be, and my first one is Pokemon breaking the internet for the wrong reasons. If Uh, you're anywhere on Twitter, uh, one, you know the Pokedex is already out, so you can see everything there. But second of all, uh, we're we're going to talk about it. But Scarlet and Nexus do not run well whatsoever uh this is probably if if i'm being honest probably one of the worst running games i have Mm -hmm. ever played uh that doesn't and just a little hit that doesn't stop it from still being pokemon to be fair and you could still play the game but just major pop-ins everywhere characters coming in at three frames you know a second it's very obvious that things aren't loading correctly right now uh many technical bugs with falling through the map Pokemon just not being caught in their Pokeball. There's a ton of technical issues, and they're kind of funny, to be honest. I, it, it's like mm-hmm. they did this on purpose. But uh, I'm about eight hours into Pokemon, so I've definitely played a lot of it this week. How about you guys? Did you guys get to experience all of the trouble that Pokemon's in? I haven't played it enough to see a bunch of that stuff. I've played like an hour so far. Um, so it's been... And I've only played handheld. I haven't played docked at all. Uh, so, so far, it's been okay, despite the fact that I don't think it looks very nice. Yeah, my wife and I, uh, she bought a copy, and we decided to just have one this time. And I haven't had a chance to play it. Uh, from what I heard from her, it's exactly everything that you just said, Barry, and what y'all probably are hearing at home from the internet breaking over this, so... My favorite was the uh, the one on Twitter of the eating animation, and yeah. like, and oh like my the character's God. mouth isn't even close to the to the food. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's like they my didn't fav- even bother. And I, my favorite, and I and I'm not sure this isn't on purpose, but like there's this one town where it's really windy or something, or there's a storm, and the Jigglypuff, the moment you get close to them, just fly away. Like they literally <laughs> just get carried by the wind. It's quite funny, and I think it's on purpose, but. 
You know, if you're if you're looking to play Pokemon and you haven't bought it yet because you hear of all of the bugs and how it doesn't run well, we'll tell you in a little bit how the game actually is just itself mm-hmm. overall. And then the next, last two stories that I have are both dealing with Sonic, just a small one. And I get it. Sonic creator Yuji Naga uh, arrested for insider trading. Can't be doing that. That stocks. And yeah, you know, what, I don't know what insider information he's getting, considering like he's the Sonic creator. Like <laughs> you usually hear, you know, CEOs doing this kind of stuff. But I don't know. Sort of a sort of a strange one. But my bigger one and the one I want to talk about is the donkey. Uh, Sonic Frontiers drama. If you don't know it, I'm going to kind of catch you up to speed as quick as I can here. Donkey is a major gaming YouTuber. He kind of releases these very highly satirical videos, uh, you know, either praising a game or kind of throwing it, throwing it down in the ground and, you know, kind of saying straightly how a game plays without, I think, all of the reviewer uh nonsense that we end up seeing a lot of these days his his videos are two minutes when it takes us 10 minutes to read an ign parrot you know story about sonic frontiers for example so he said the game sucks to be short he did not like the game he thinks that it does not run well either etc 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 this ends up with metacritic of the reviewing site getting a whole bunch of user reviews where the game was an 8.8 user score before the donkey video came out. And now it is dipped to all the way to 8.3 where, yeah, it's still, still an eight, like it's still fine, Mm -hmm. but that is considerable points. All things considered. Yeah. And people are blaming donkey fans for review bombing it because you have (laughs) all of the review bombs are like donkey fan two, three, nine or donkey lover seven, six, three. So, they're blaming him for the uh, for the review bomb when he comes out and says, you know, it it's not his people like, it, you know, he can't do anything or can't take advantage or um, he didn't tell his people to review bomb Sonic Frontiers. It's just mm-hmm. his fans who are now doing it. And now the Sonic fans are upset because he Sonic fans are afraid that Frontiers is not going to get played. Because people go to read the reviews and they see all of these negative ones for Sonic Frontiers. I know that was a little bit more long-winded than I wanted, but we made it. <laughs> no, we're good. Yes. That's where kind of all the drama stands. And I think from... And it's going to be depending on each person's opinion here. Me, personally, you really can't blame Donkey for, the, for this. You know, he's always been very satirical of these games, uh, whether he likes Mm -hmm. them or not. And not all games he's very critical of, like, get this review, get like review bombed like this. And, you know, I kind of just see I do see the Sonic fans worry that like that the game's not going to do as well because, you know, people see reviews and it's and, you know, it's Donkey Fan 239 who hasn't played the game but just went ahead and review bombed it anyway. Like that's kind of the, the part I don't like about all this reviewing system and score stuff is the fact that I can go ahead and put a review in for a game. I've never played, give it zero because I didn't like the title or something like that, or I didn't do this, or I can just go, the game sucks. And that's enough (laughs) to put it to warn a 0.0 out of 10. So I'm not sure where you guys are in all it. I kind of like toe the fine line here where, 
you know, the the site probably should have some sort of and you really can't do it, some sort of way of like verifying you might you might have played the game. Uh like instead Steam of still Yeah, instead of allowing mm-hmm. you to just mm-hmm. review bomb anything. But also and you mentioned Steam. Steam is its own service platform as well, where Metacritic doesn't right. sell games. So it's a little bit different in that particular case. But Right. I, no, I I, the funniest thing, feel? The, the funniest thing to me is people who get worked up about a Metacritic score. Like mm. honest to God, like yeah. it, it doesn't matter. Like if you like the game, cool. Um I just I don't buy into the fact that like there's all these people that are looking at the Metacritic and be like, oh, I'm not getting that game now because it's a 8.1 instead of an 8.8, you know? Like, you're either going to get a game, you're excited about it, or you're not going to get a game. There isn't too many times that I can think of in my lifetime where I was going to get a game and then read a review and didn't get it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I it just, I don't really get swayed that much unless, I can't even think of a time where, like, there was a game I was excited for and it and like an IGN review came out and said it was horrible and I didn't get like everybody pretty much has their mind made up. I think, like mm-hmm. I said, like steam to me is the ones that I take the most seriously when I'm looking on steam, because it tells you how long yeah. a person's played the game. Right. So if I'm looking at a game, cause there's so many games on steam and I'm like, Oh, here's this new, whatever simulator game, since I'm so into those. And I'm like, Oh, this person's played <laughs> it for 35 hours and they gave it a nine out of 10 it might actually be pretty good. Um, but yeah, I've, I don't look at Metacritic like ever, uh, for reviews. I just, I don't care about Metacritic. Um, and the fact that people are getting so upset over it is just kind of comical to me. Yeah. And it's like, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, other platforms like, uh, I don't know, Amazon prime. If, if, a, if a game or a product is going to go from, let's just say, hypothetically, let's go with the Metacritic score, but, but, but pretend it's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. If it's going to go for, what did you say, a 4.6 to a, to, or a 4.8? So it went from an 8.8 8 to 8.3. Sorry. 8.8 to an 8.3. Sorry, I was thinking Amazon as well. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to derail at least mm-hmm. somebody like me in terms of a score. I'm with you, Craig. I don't really live or die by metacritic necessarily if it might be the cherry on top if i'm hesitant on a game but if i'm excited about one it's not going to derail me you know from from purchasing it in general uh i don't know why people are getting worked up donkey is is historically and and godlike in his satirical nature and I don't know the guy personally. I don't know. I don't think he would be the kind of person who would tell his fan base in order to, to, uh, you know, like discount a game or to go out for his own agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. For his own agenda. He, he's kind of, he's not kind of, he is completely sincere in that aspect. And that's a lot of the reason he's beloved besides, you know, he just makes fantastic content. So I don't know why people are getting worked up. I also, now that you've mentioned it, want to know like a number on how many Sonic fans there actually are that would, that are, are getting ups- upset about it. Like, I yeah. want to know that number. Like, what <laughs> is that number? Is it a thousand? Is it five? Is it four if, million? You if know? you're a Sonic fan, you already have the game. Yeah. Right. Like you would have exactly. already bought the game. I don't. And again, I, like I said last week, I, I don't think he's wrong. The game sucks. But I mean, he tears apart like every single game, even if he likes it, he still tears it apart. That's just what he does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can, can, can I ask you all a question? 
Mm-hmm. Shoot. Do you ever think that we would live in a world, and this is not really related to the donkey, but kind of, did you ever think we would live in a world where a Sonic game with how skeptical we all are, that a Sonic game would perform better upon release than a Pokemon game? <laughs> because That's you can, weird. you can, you can, you can make fun of Sonic all you want, but like I know we, we're 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 going to talk about how it plays. But based off of what I've seen, not playing both games, mm-hmm. if I had to go out and buy one right now for Switch, let's just say Switch to make it fair for Pokemon. If I had to go out and buy one, I know I already own one, but my wife's playing it. If I had to buy one right now. I almost would buy Sonic over Pokemon to play that first. Just food for thought. It's in a better (laughs) state right now than Pokemon is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And then one thing I did want to mention as well is Dunkey is an owner of an indie studio now. Mm -hmm. And making enemies isn't exactly what you, I think, want to do. I, you know, you, even if it is the five Sonic fans that are upset (laughs) that their game is review bombed, those are five people that can, uh, those are five people that can influence a score heavily in an indie game that doesn't get reviewed very much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's, and I know it's not his fault, but it's, this is something that he may need to consider in the future. If, his indie team, you know, publishes a game and it gets review bombed or anything like that. He now runs the issue of, you know, do people want to use his publishing studio, even though now he comes with a little bit of almost, and I don't want to say it's drama to him, but almost like a little bit of a conversation that he could, you could pair up with him as a publishing company. He could review your game and still make it and, you know, still be very satirical and call it trash. And then mm. now what have you done kind yeah. of thing? So th- there's a lot of like muddy, you know, muddy feet in the waters here with what with what he's involved with when it comes to gaming. But, you know, I, I, I truly believe no media influencer should be responsible for the acts of their fans. Uh, yeah. If and it's not even gaming related, like take, for example, the Taylor Swift people right now, like. <laughs> They're yeah, but that's, riot- that's a good thing because Ticketmaster deserves to get taken down. Yeah, but Taylor's not responsible for her fans rioting in the streets no. or anything like that. That's that's Ticketmaster's fault. Mm-hmm. So yeah, true. That's my news for this week. <laughs> All, right. Um, All right, I got I got some shorter ones here. So Dead Island Two uh, was supposed to come out in February and is now being pushed back to April twenty eighth. Not that mm-hmm. far of a push, but when you factor in how many times this game has been delayed. And we're coming up on like what and five, thought six, dead seven years, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, hopefully it's not too big of a deal. Hopefully it's just like polishing issues. Um, but I can't help but feel a little bit nervous that we're going to start seeing this all over again. When we're like, ah, oh, it needs more time, and then it'll be ah, oh, maybe next year, and then it'll just be gone forever. Yeah, me personally, uh, I I don't care to wait a couple more months. To be honest, mm-hmm. they've already yeah. I, I, apart- does this i won't believe i'm at the point where if this game never comes out i'll i've it won't bother me but if it does come out i'll be like oh that's right dead island 2 finally came out after six years so it's i don't know i'm in this weird limbo of not really you know caring whether or not the game comes out but i'm excited for it it's dead island they're fun games but you know i i won't i won't believe it until i see it on shelves that's true yeah uh february stacked anyway so maybe this is a right. blessing for any moderate to higher dedicated gamer. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I love the first Dead Island. Uh, I've beaten it multiple times. I think it, it was a great game. I don't know if it's still like if this is still going to have the pull that the original one had coming out now. Uh, it's kind of past its prime as far as that type of game. Uh, but we'll see. And I don't mind waiting two two months. That's fine. Uh, second one I have here is Crystal Dynamics threw out a survey online recently and got over 100,000 responses on people wanting a Legacy of Kane remake, uh, including me as one of them, because I thoroughly enjoyed Legacy of Kane as a kid uh, back on PlayStation 1. So I'm hoping that this means we're going to get a remaster or remake or retelling. I don't care. Just give me more. Oh, did you guys play that, Barry? You probably didn't, right? Uh, yeah, I'm too too young. Too young for this <laughs> game. Craig? I don't know. I don't think I did. No. Okay. It was. It's another one of those ones that like I have fond memories for, but trying to go back and play it now, because I think it is on like PC, is probably not going to go well. I don't think it's aged well. But if I can't have Prince of Persia remake i'll take a legacy of kane that's for sure uh and then the last one i have along the lines of remakes here is uh tecmo is working on ninja gaiden and believe it or not dead or alive remake um with finally my favorite beach volleyball game (laughs) i was gonna say dead or alive remake with uh remastered physics engine right (laughs) <laughs> i forget what they, what they i forget what they used to call that engine but it was like there was a yeah, big I deal can't that, that was their that was their selling point back in the day mm-hmm. who i just want to know like i know there's hardcore fans out there of the dead or alive like fighting game series who thoroughly enjoy it and then they kind of went away with it and went like the whole opposite direction with the beach volleyball and everything going on with that i just can't imagine that there's like a huge outcry for more dead or alive i just don't see it no, no, maybe more than Sonic fans. I don't know. We could be, could be great. <laughs> there I might feel be like more. there's, there's, there's more Sonic fans than Dead or Alive. Fans. I know. Yeah, <laughs> this, yeah. This is a showdown for the centuries. What's going on? Now. It's Sonic easily. Now, I, yeah. I bet you, if I mean they're saying Dead or Alive, so I'm assuming fighting game. But do you think they would have a bigger poll if they were said a new Dead or Alive fighting game or a new Dead or Alive beach volleyball? Can they even make Ooh. that nowadays? Probably. No. Well, like the thing is, is beach volleyball is a niche. A niche. There's yeah, no beach volleyball game, so that you know that, that is something to consider. Where fighting games, there seems to be more and more good ones coming out every year. Right. So he's making a case for the beach volleyball. He's making his case. He's making his case. Yeah. Look, there's a niche. There's a niche that needs to be filled, and it's the beach volleyball fans. Hear me out, but what yeah. if it was a beach volleyball slash dating simulator game? See, and now and is, the thing is, is yep. the thing is, is now there's so many more dating simulator. You got to stick solely with the beach volleyball. There's got to be no dating in this one. <laughs> I'm, I mean, you can add that as long as there's a handhold button. <laughs> Maybe if it's right next to like the spike button, you know. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> Accidentally hold hands instead of spike the ball. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I mean, I guess for people who are excited for dead or alive fighting games, there's some hope. I was more excited for Ninja Gaiden. I'll always take more of that. Those games are great. If not frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, but that's those are the three I had. All right. Well, um, kind of a, a smaller one, depending on if you're still playing the game or not. But Ubisoft revealed that they are releasing the last chapter, which is a.k.a. title update 1.6.2. 
which will be the last and the final update after two years of just consistent contact and or content and support for uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And I don't know. I wrote that one down. That was the first article I wrote down this week. And, and I don't know why. It, it, I think it just blows my mind that that game is is literally one of the first games that I played on the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. And they have continued to be creating support and DLC and just a they made they they essentially made a 110 hour game a 240 hour game you know that's basically what they did so for, uh, i don't know for me it's it's just interesting just that that's the last update like they're just they're done and how long it's been um i don't know if you guys had any any anything I, on that i want a percentage of how many people one have beat valhalla and two have played all this extra stuff it's got to be so minuscule like I can't well, I mean, imagine. I, There's probably two people out it. there. Yeah, but I'm talking about like I, all the extra stuff. Too. Oh, beat the extra stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's like two people out there, maybe. Well, here's yeah. the thing, too, and this is early, early start of the podcast mm-hmm. era here. But like, I wrote a review for Valhalla, yep. Yep, and if you, if you guys remember, like Valhalla wasn't a bad game by any means, but mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. ending was completely like on like it was very bad like you yeah, needed yeah. to do all of yeah. like the the order stuff or the hidden one stuff before you went ahead and finally got an ending at least somewhat satisfying i will admit the dlc does take into like you know siege of paris which i i i have but i never played i bought the platinum edition of valhalla uh but i did beat it so i don't i don't mind that i paid that money for it and then uh, Dawn or Age of Ragnarok, which is, you know, they, they have their own Ragnarok thing there with Eivor being the incarnation of Odin type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. So there's there's definitely a lot of like Norse mythology, which I love that they jumped into for sure. It's just they it took too long for this stuff to come out, me personally. And I, it, with all of the games fighting for everyone's attention right now, you would have to be a massive Assassin's Creed fan to be playing like the newest yeah. final update for it. There are so many other open world games that, you know, in my opinion are better than Valhalla. But if, if Valhalla is solely what you play and just, and dump your time into, this is how I want to say a game should be supported. At least, sure. you know, you would like to see games, um, there's so many games that, you know, lifespans ended early because they didn't get enough support. And Valhalla mm-hmm. had that support throughout all of it. Yeah, do I yep. wish their DLCs could have been more interesting? Yeah, do I wish they could have done this, that, better ending type stuff? Sure, I really wish they could. But it took them too long to get to some of, I think, the good DLC. And I think mm-hmm. it, you know, they they eventually have to cut their ties with it to work on other projects and that kind of thing. Uh Valhalla will always be a definitely a time sinker of a game. It's just a matter of you really would have had to love it, I think, to be yeah. to to be finishing everything because there is there's so much this game has to offer uh, or that game had to offer. So, yeah, I, I don't want to discount to like we play a lot of games, but like there's a decent amount of people out there who, you know, maybe you bought a PS5 and you can't really afford too many games. So if you had this game, like the amount of value you're getting out of it is very high. 
Yeah. And like that's commendable, right? You could you could be playing this game still to this day from day one, right? If you were taking your time and 200 hours, that's a long time. So I appreciate games who put the value out there as long as it's not just like filler. And it doesn't seem like it was for the most part. Like some of that game was filler, but them adding stuff all the time is, you know, commendable. Yeah. I, I like to think of it maybe as them apologizing for the last two years for how the ending was. That's what I <laughs> that's what I'll I'll hang my hat on that. The Age of uh, Ragnarok stuff was probably pretty good. Uh, I, I would have loved that as being a North mythology geek. So or a mythology geek in general. So mm-hmm. maybe one day I'll play it. Maybe when the DLC, much like for Odyssey, I think that like the Atlantis DLC at one point was like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. Like if that if that Dawn of Ragnarok stuff becomes 10 bucks. Maybe I'll give it a shot then because it's not a $40 DLC. Uh, right. Yeah. So uh, I guess next would be uh, God of War Ragnarok music contributor Jessica Mao came forward recently on Twitter stating that she had not received credit from Santa Monica Studios for her work on the latest game, the possible, if not like front runner for game of the year contender. Uh, if we could go into like a couple of things that she did, I, I know one of her most notable works, which you guys will um, definitely know, is the Thor boss fight and mm-hmm. specifically that that Freya chase scene in the beginning of the game. OK, now now, according to what Santa Monica Studio is, is like what their guidelines are, is they have a quote unquote threshold for how many people can be or for a place of the amount of people who can be credited for certain things which is why they're saying that she wasn't added she has gone on her own twitter to announce her contributions to the game which is nice you know to Mm -hmm. get her voice out there and such like that uh that just made me it made me uh interested specifically because we have been recently talking about bayonetta 3 and that voice actors trials and tribulations with Mm -hmm. with uh with 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 that recently so i don't know what are your thoughts weird excuse on santa monica's part um (laughs) they uh, but also like and uh, this is just the type of person i am i would have like messaged santa monica studios myself before announcing on twitter like hey like i'm not getting credit for this stuff just because you put that out there and then other companies go to look at your media stuff and then they go oh i don't know if i want to work with this person because they seem to make a big deal about something that they could have just asked us about. This feels like one of those things. The Santa Monica, it, I'm going to call it an excuse, doesn't sound right. And they should have just said, hey, we're sorry. We'll put your name in the game or something like that. Like just a simple update. That's all it takes. Uh, yeah. They probably need to update the game anyway for some you know specific reason or bug fixes. There's updates so, every day on that game. Yeah. So, there, so no, ho- there hopefully, is. Yeah. yeah, hopefully it gets fixed. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And I think maybe if, and if we're at the point where she already did that and Santa Monica is kind of like, no, we're not doing this, then she should absolutely be somebody who's doing this out there. This is a, this is kind of the big debate that, and I'm the big debate I've heard about is, you know, should I do my work for free, but get a ton of notoriety or get paid for my work and Mm -hmm. not have as much notoriety. And it's kind of like that difference where, if if you're doing work, get paid for it. Don't mm-hmm. you never and uh, never take 
notoriety or the chance of more stuff getting uh, or the chance of your name getting out there as a sign or as as payment because you don't know if that will ever amount to something get paid for what you do always yeah uh, and keep receipts so it's it's that kind of stuff so hopefully santa monica studios fixes this thing's like this is something that seems like you could change quite easily if you wanted to so and santa monica like as far as we know is a pretty good studio with like how they work their employees with how and well like we knew god of war was crunched but Mm -hmm. you know if (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully Santa Monica is a good enough studio. Just go, okay, yeah, our bad. Let's put your name in it. And then that fixes that issue, I think. Yeah, as as of right now, I do. I saw that there is no intent to on the next patch, add her name into the credits. But you never know, especially if this thing picks up steam um, or more steam, at least that you never know when that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I guess the other one. Uh, definitely Craig and myself, because being in our thirties, we'll definitely feel that feels a certain type of way about this and a little bit sad, but, a uh, couple of deaths. I know we didn't mes- mention Kevin Conroy last week, uh, perishing. He died on the 10th. Most notable is the voice actor of the 1992 animated Batman series, which literally was why I love Batman to this day. Um, being an eighties baby. And he voiced uh, also, also Bruce Wayne. So just for me, he voiced Bruce yeah. Wayne in Batman Beyond. Yeah. And that was my yeah, yes. Batman Beyond also, was my stuff. Also, and then uh, Ar- Arkham Asylum. Arkham. Yep. yep. Yeah, he, he did Arkham and Injustice as well. Uh, to your point, Barry, uh, Batman Beyond is a diamond in a rough. And mm-hmm. I love that. I love that show. I also love the, 19, the 1992 Batman series as well. But he essentially is Batman. And... If you if any of you at home uh, have a chance to like look through who has been saying some things about him, it's just fantastic. It's like I was going through like the voice actors and it was like so and so voice actor of SpongeBob and this says that he is God. So and so like, you know, it's just like it's everybody in the community, specifically that very small but successful and doing like five people doing all the voices animated that we know like that community is reveres him mm-hmm. and then um the other one and we could talk about both uh gentlemen would be jason david frank who most notable as the green and then after he saw the voice of good or heard the voice <laughs> of good mainly zordon uh the white ranger has also died as well at a uh, 49 and that's just uh, that's just a big hit to the 90s is, is. what it is yeah, that was uh, Spider-Man. Uh, sorry, whoops. No, Power Rangers was a big, big part of my life there uh, for especially in my childhood. And everybody wanted if you were a kid during the 90s, you watching Power Rangers, everybody was him. Everybody yep. was the Green Ranger yeah. or the White yep. Ranger. Everybody wanted yeah. that cool flute. And, you know, uh, oh, the yeah, may, may, maybe at some point I just watched the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie for, for that. Because like that, yeah, that movie is good old 90s trash, but I love that movie. And he yeah. he always like, he was always one of the people for like Power Rangers that was always like uh, promoting the brand. You know, always wanted to be one of, uh, always wanted to be in like the huge like Power Ranger like meetup episodes where, you know, the. Oh no, the most recent 
dragon nebula fighting power rangers i know i'm being <laughs> dramatic i have no idea what they're on now um and you know oh no the power rangers can't do it we need the previous power rangers and then it's you know you yeah. can see him there because he's always like that lead one there he was the face of power rangers for he a was. while yep. and uh it's it's sad to hear the way he went of uh, mm-hmm. from what we know it's suicide so hopefully you know I shouldn't say hopefully, but it sucks to know that like he didn't just die of natural causes or something like that. He wasn't in the right frame of mind or something like that, which you just hear with too many young actors from the 90s right now. You know, Aaron Carter, I think, what, one, two weeks ago. Now him as well. A lot of a lot of people from the 90s don't seem to be in the best mental health. So hopefully all of my hopefully every actor from the 90s is at least trying to do better or at least getting better with their health. Cause it seems like it's something that's happening a lot more often right now. Yeah. This past like month or two has been, there's been a lot of people who have yeah, passed away. I was like all of a sudden um, young and old. So I don't know. I know like they usually say like this time of year is usually a spike in uh, mental health related issues and suicides and that kind of stuff that, you know, being dark all the time, cold, that doesn't help. Also the holidays, um yeah but yeah this is uh this was a tough tough week for sure two weeks really definitely and uh i i know it's been years but we also don't have trina trina mm-hmm. the yellow trina. ranger yeah yep. we also don't have that's like two that's two out of the out of the f- six there's main, more you- there's more there's been like five or six people from that show who have died it's crazy. it's crazy. It's cursed. So they, there's like the Power Rangers curse is what they always say. So, Oh, God. Is that uh, what they really say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's no been clue. a ton of people um, from the Power Zordon. Rangers. Yep, Zordon. Zordon. Yep, he died Zordon, like Zordon. right after that show. Uh, but yeah, there's been a, a lot. Mm. It's like the new 27 Club. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> any uplifting yeah, that- news? Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I have something written at the bottom that I almost scribbled Sweet. out because I, it just blew my mind. Um, did you guys know McDonald's has a gaming chair? No, no. There is four of them apparently okay. in existence. There are four of them in existence. But M- it, McDonald's, I could use a new gaming chair if you think you could hook me yeah. up here. <laughs> I'm the it, I'm it the looks- only one with an off-brand gaming chair. Yeah, it looks exactly what you would think it is. It's got kind of like a similar shape to a standard gaming chair, but it's got the yellow st- stripes. Uh, I think it says McCrispy across <laughs> oh, it. Like no, I need that now. Yeah, I, if it, it says McCrispy, it does I gotta say have McCrispy. it. Yep. And it's got a slot for a standard size, well, I guess a standard shaped McDonald's like French fry holder for lack of a better term not a mcflurry holder because there's no way you get in that because the machine's nope. broken yeah yeah but uh Absolutely. yeah if you if you really want to rep your your fast food brand rep what matters to you most uh <laughs> i don't know not, if yeah i don't know if yellow <laughs> matches my room very well i gotta think about that as well but the mccrispy this, that, this also that. says that it's grease proof the chair <laughs> yeah. oh and everybody knows me as the grease monster so i think yeah i think i gotta have it we do it, know it would, him as that. It would look real nice next to my uh my game fuel gaming chair that's in the other room. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Just match them up together. <laughs> there you go. But, but yeah, there's a high note. And on a high yeah, note, the, McDonald's gaming go. chair. There we go. Good way to switch the mood there. I was definitely yep. down in the dumps before I heard of <laughs> So let's get into the games this week, in which yes. for me there is 
obviously, no doubt, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and God of War. I have more of my solid opinions about it. Sure. Perfect. I have I played a ton of God of War. I'm still not done. Uh, yeah. Pokemon, obviously. And I played a I played some Warzone, too. Okay. Oh, I, I, you know what I played? I played DMZ. Okay. That's what I played. Okay. I haven't touched that, but I did play Warzone, too. Uh, look, I'm going to be doing a lot of listening and just slight chiming in because it has been all God of War, baby. All You're still not done. Still not done. How f- okay. How many hours are you in? Yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I'm at like now 27 or 28. I'm just, really breaking off and doing all the side stuff, though. I just passed 23, um, but I have okay. been trying to like I've been like doing everything in an area when I go to a new area, but not like diving real deep in trying to like find like all the ravens and all that like if i don't find a Mm. chest i'm not spending like 30 minutes trying to hunt it down i'm just moving on to the next thing um but yeah i i've been doing kind of the same i because i don't know if i'm gonna go back afterwards and and 100 percent it so i'm just trying to do as much as i can on that first playthrough yeah and we'll talk about god of war just because that is the older of the two games that we're talking about here uh, God of War about uh, for me, I'm eight, ten hours in probably and I'm okay. working my way up for sure uh, with what I'm playing that game with. I, you said last week you guys didn't like Atreus's combat or is no. Atreus an- annoying? Is that what it was? I what? don't like. Pl- the Atre- Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say you're probably saying the same thing. Playing specifically as him. Yes. Is annoying. Like it's he's bad. fine as as yeah. the companion as he's always been. But playing specifically as Atreus. Is right. what's annoying. All right, guys, I'm going to have to say I do not agree. I loved uh, playing as Atreus. Just wait. <laughs> Just, Just wait. wait. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Are we getting into God of War now? Do you want to get that out of the way? Yeah. Let's okay. Okay. Here's again, <laughs> and I we haven't we're not doing the spoiler thing yet because we haven't beaten the game, and that's a separate podcast. But uh, I yeah. will say that my issue that I have with God of War is. The more I play this game, it's weird because I'm enjoying the game a lot. But the more I play it, the lower the stock falls for me on this game. Like the more and and part of it is like the high notes for me are obviously like I'm doing my stuff with Kratos. I'm doing some battles and then it just comes screeching to a halt because it switches back to Atreus. I'm just like, oh, my God, I was having so much fun. And now I'm going to go back to Atreus and do this uh 45 minute walking diatribe you know and it's just like uh it's just so it just brings my excitement level down and then i kind of like slog through that and then get back to the kratos stuff and i'm having a good time and then it happens again i was like oh dear god just i'm here it's called god of war i want to play as kratos mm-hmm. that's like my feeling i still think it's a good game but like at where it stands right now, where I am, like this is not game of the year material for me. I uh, it's affected me less. Okay, but I am as an, I am annoyed with the Atreus parts. Like yeah. I kind of just resolve myself as like it is a prize to get through it because either I learn something <laughs> or I get back. I'm trying to get back to Kratos. That's what yep. I just keep telling myself as the main character. Um, and he's annoying. It do- 
He is. And like, I'm really curious with the question that I asked last week as to who is more annoying yes. between, between, between God now. of War. Yeah. Cause like, and Barry, you'll see it when you get as far as we have, it mm-hmm. might be a contention. Now I haven't played Requiem, so I don't know how yeah. annoying that kid is in that game. I know how oh, he was. He's oh, annoying. Yeah. Original. Oh yeah. He is. He, he's a piece. So consider that Barry, like that he is obnoxious in that game and I can't stand him. But like Atreus is starting to sneak up to that level for me. <laughs> Interesting. I'll, I am yeah. wondering to see if he gets that way for me. And why? Uh, why did we the decide? Most part, all... What? No, good. I was. I was just gonna say for the most part, like I really like it because I think his combat is fun. It's so much. It's, it's so fine. different. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's just the character that we're correct. But okay. like, why did we decide all of a sudden this year to have the annoying younger? child be a huge staple in gaming all of a sudden like where did that come from that like we need a younger character (laughs) that's obnoxious to further our story you know like i just don't understand where and maybe it's because i played the two so close together that i was just like bayonetta and bayonetta Bayonetta also has this younger younger side person as well maybe that's part of the problem maybe maybe i'm just like there was I was so like my mind was graded by Plague Tale and then Bayonetta and now Atreus and God of War. I'm just like, I am so done mm-hmm. with the younger, I know better, obnoxious attitude. I'm just over it. I don't want it in a story anymore. And like the God of War story is good. Like, I don't want to yeah. take away. From, I think it's awesome. Um, but God, there's got to be a better way to further the story. I guess you can't really. I'm thinking about that story. It's needed, but yeah, man. I feel like they're yeah. They just it's all going to come to something towards the end, yeah. and and like I, that's what I keep trying to tell myself. And <laughs> there's going to be a couple of times, Barry. Even though you like the Atreus combat, but you're just going to be there's there's a couple of times I found myself saying, "Just stop yelling at Kratos." Yeah, like just like yeah. who are you talking to? Like you know, like that. <laughs> right. That's that's where I've kind of like found my mind going in parts of it. And I don't know, it, it it's probably going to matter a lot at the end. There is a good part with him that just fleshes out the story for other characters, mm-hmm. which Craig, you might be there, Barry, you will get there. Um, but ugh. yeah, you know, uh, yeah. And- like, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no! I was gonna say like, and I I was speaking. I was gonna start speaking generally about the game. Or did you mm-hmm. want to keep talking about Atreus? No, 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 no. no. no go ahead. Go. go go. So, you know, generally about the game for me is I do I do struggle a little bit with the control scheme. I so wish right like the switching weapons is what's really like getting kind of making me mm-hmm. I guess not have as much fun. I real they really should have released the back button attachment for a PS5 controller. <laughs> So that I can just make left and right on the D-pad underneath my hands. I have to do the whole like mm. weird claw thing where I got to have this <laughs> finger come up above the R1 and yeah. press, you know, the D-pad there in order to in order to continue moving at the same time <laughs> as while I'm switching weapons. I, I, I they really need to do that. I don't know what Sony's doing, but. I do agree with you. Overall, I do think the game is good. Uh, I'm starting to see where the story's going, and I do I do like the whole kind of perspective where Kratos seems to be a lot more inward right now. Like he's talking to Mimir of all people. He didn't talk yeah. to anybody. Uh, yeah. 
I did genuinely laugh when Atreus tried to open a chest like his like yeah. how his father does. Yeah, I that genuinely was laughed at that. Uh, that was funny. Luck- luckily, he's a god because he probably would have shattered his hands. I'd know. I've punched concrete as hard as I can before. I've broken <laughs> my hand, so it. Mm. He's lucky. He's a god. I wish I had that. And <laughs> I, I, I just, I just need to keep seeing where the story goes, just because this, this continues to. It seems like this is all about beating your expectations. Tyr's not what you think he is. Right. Atreus, you know, is rebelling against his father like any old, you know, young teenager would do. Rebel against your father. And I, I don't know why it's, I brought out my son. I don't know why I brought out I, my I don't know. for that. I don't know where that came that's, from. That's how I feel about all these games, though. I feel like that's how the pitch went in all these meetings. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. I'm glad you yeah. feel the same as me, at least. Yep. Game yeah, stu- uh, game looks still looks pretty, really pretty yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I even there, even got yeah. into the really pretty part apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. What you uh, what you um, yeah. What what they do well is the transition between your control of the character and then the next cutscene or small mm-hmm. it, like what they the camera angles that they nail. I don't know why it can't be replicated in a lot of other games, you know, like I, I just don't. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's fantastic. And it really makes it a cinematic. There was a couple of times my wife came out and she stopped and watched the scene because like, she was just going to get like maybe some water or something like that. But then the, you know, you're in some part where they're fleshing out a little bit more of the story and somebody's doing something awesome because that's got a war, like, you know, regardless of whether it's Kratos or somebody else, like they just have a way of presenting it. That's, that's irreplaceable. And that's what makes it, you keep going with the story, you know, and being marveled by it. Yeah. Yeah. There was uh, a moment that I had not too long ago that it was a cutscene, and Again, we're not spoiling anything, but it was like it's a simple cut scene where Kratos is going back to sleep, right? He's going to his room to sleep. So he goes and he sits down and he takes off whatever armor you, you're wearing at the time, right? And he takes it off. So he looks like, like the you know, the old God of Wars, he was always shirtless, right? But mm-hmm. there's just this moment when I was looking at it and he takes the armor off and he's sitting there and like you can see the... uh the chains, like the burn marks from the chains around his arms. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they nail so perfectly when he sits down. Like I was sitting there watching and like you've been like massacring millions of enemies and he sits down, you look at him and you're like, he looks so old, right? Like yeah. just like beaten down and old. And I know that's what they are going for. And I was just like, holy cow, they nailed it. Like he just yeah. looked incredibly good. And I don't know how they did it in that instance just to make him look like that. But you're just like, this dude is like beaten down, been through a million things. He's got whatever's going on in this game without giving anything away going on, weighing on his mind. And he just looks like he's done, you know, like he's over it. At that point, he's like, I'm I don't want to do this anymore. Um, And that was incredible to me. Uh, But on a side note, what's getting to me is they have over fluffed the side missions on this game it's too many there's it's it's way too much um i think the last game was the perfect amount there was a lot but it was like it's not there's so many more in this one every time you go in an area they're like here's six i'm like you need to stop 
right? Like I'm going to explore every area of this because I enjoy doing that in God of War. I don't need six, seven, whatever side quests telling me to go all over the place. Just trust that people want to explore your area anyway for the chess. I don't need, hey, can you go find this for me? Hey, can you go collect this for me? I hate that. It's just like you're padding your your playtime to me. Yeah. And yeah. I just think the first one, the last God of War was such a perfect balance. This one to me is like tipped way too far for me. Yeah, yeah and I think actually... I think I'm getting spoiled with like yeah. how fast like some story games move now because mm-hmm. and you know, you've mentioned it before too. If this is going to be a weird like thing to say but like if i don't get a full eight hours of sleep the night before and i start playing call of duty sorry if i start playing god of war early in the morning i'm going to start getting sleepy again like the story moves at that pace where it's just a little slow there's not like this huge climactic rumbling all the time it's (laughs) a lot of like building which is you know what good stories do so i i find myself if i'm even the tiniest bit tired I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I should play God of War. Maybe yeah. I should play Pokemon instead. Because, mm-hmm. like, Pokemon doesn't require me to have my full attention span like yeah. uh, like God of War does. So I, I feel like, for me, that's why I'm on, like, the slow path here with this yeah. game. Because, and The Last of Us 2, I think, did this so wonderfully. Is The Last of Us 2, I felt like there was a good amount of, like, really epic storytelling but also not a lot of lull between your fight and then the next the next fight sort of thing or not a big lull between a fight and then a puzzle that you may have to solve or something like that for extra vitamins or stamina or you know stat (laughs) boosts in in um in last of us too and i just find in this game that if it's not side missions you're doing it's a lot of this like in a boat going to this one coastline doing the combat, which is fun. The combat is without a doubt, a lot of fun. And then trying to figure out, okay, did I, did I look through every nook and cranny? Cause <laughs> yeah. Atreus doesn't, Atreus didn't say the line. Hey, I think we're done here. So it's like, wait, am I missing something? So <laughs> now that you've made Atreus have them, have him to say those lines. Now I worry about how I'm missing something in the game. So <laughs> it's, it's just like it's just like a couple things that just keep the game from me wanting to play it more. One, because I feel like the story puts me to sleep if something epic isn't happening. Yep. And then on top of it, too, the moments when you're not doing directly the story mission stuff is the stuff where the game tends to take a, a lull in a back seat and slow itself even further down to where mm-hmm. you're not even progressing the story. You're just helping out some dwarves. Or helping yeah. out Mimir or, yeah. you know, God, you know, God forbid I go to the coast and I find a treasure or a, a puzzle chest that I need to spend 15 minutes figuring out. <laughs> and For, you, have, you haven't even gotten to the the parts of the story that like slam you to a halt either. Yeah. Well, and on top of it too, it's like, and then I wait and then I try like hitting something for like a good five minutes. And then Atreus finally says, Hey, I don't think we have the tools for this. Yeah. And then in my head, yes. it, and then in my head, I'm like, Oh, I was hitting it with the blades of chaos. Now I need to hit it with the, with the <laughs> Leviathan ax. And he's like, no, nah, still, we still don't have the tools for this. And now it's 10 minutes that I've been hitting the same thing. So yeah. it's, it's just stuff like that that I wish maybe they were more apparent in. Like you didn't mm-hmm. even have to say you didn't even have to have a Atreus say 
you know, hey, I don't think we have the tools for this. Maybe just something that says, you know, a little gray box, which they do already, that says, you know, hey, you don't have the equipment yet or like come back at another time sort of thing. So it's it's just a couple of things that keep me from really like diving into this game like I did with Devil May Cry 5 or with Last of Us 2, where I could put in 20 hours in two days. Yeah. Do you do you think, Craig, that there is a distinct lack of epic boss battles yes. in this game? They're yes. just there's as, soon just as, you, as soon as you said epic, as soon there's as you just, said epic, I knew where you were going. And that's God of War, yeah. right? Like that's every God that's of War the formula. I've every God of War I've played, and I've played every single one. That's what I enjoy is like, and even the last one had a bunch. And this one, I'm just not seeing it. Like they start you off on a high note. Um, oh yeah. But then after that, I like I was playing today, and I'm just like, I don't think I've done more than two or three, and I'm like 23 hours in. Now there's like mini bosses, you know, like they pop yeah. up with the health bar, and you're like, okay, this is a mini boss. But I'm talking about like I think of like God of War three, and like every hour there was like, here's the big boss fight for the area. And it's going to be cinematic and it's going to be awesome. And they did that at the beginning, right? With Thor, that was there. And that's why I was like, yes, this is the God of War I like. And then it's just like, don't do it again. I'm so confused. You're right. There's a, like for me, it feels in the same area in terms of numbers of boss bosses. And and Mm -hmm. there are the the, uh, elongated health mini bosses like you're saying i even ran into what essentially is their version of valkyries but for this game yep but there's something about god of war where and it it goes with the scenes where there requires a specific input button press kratos gets thrown up here he's on some big thing and he runs down and he puts his blades of chaos and swings over to the other side there's (laughs) not that stuff anymore and they start you off with that thor throws you here he throws you there and then the battle continues. There's like two or three portions of that. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just not as evident in this one. And uh, that's that's part of what made... That's their formula. That's part of their formula. Yep. It's not in... The, the secret sauce is not in this one in that aspect. Right. And I I feel like I've been like, like saying how much I hate it. I don't hate this game. I think it's a very, very good game. But it's just so not what I expected out of God of War. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Pokemon time then. Pokemon Speaking time. of not expected. Let's... Speaking of not oh, expected. No, it's, it's exactly what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> cracks right, knuckles. Cracks, cracks the knuckles. Let's let's dive into the biggest game of the year right here. Okay. Pokemon or I should say I should say most grossing because that's not debatable. This game makes gajillions of dollars. It does, yeah. unfortunately. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the now next generation of Pokemon games that we've gotten for this year. We did allude to it, and I will start off with the game does not run well. Uh, I already kind of told you everything that it doesn't do right. What it does do right, though, is the Pokemon aspect. I There is this sense of discovery that I mentioned with Temtem, where I just don't know when Pokemon evolve or what I'm going to find around the corner. I just know that, oh, that's new. I want to see what it is. I want to catch it and I want to teach it stuff and have it be part of my party. So 
like in the general Pokemon aspect of things, I think it's fantastic. Like the Pokemon designs are good. I think the evolutions are good as well. It's just a couple other things that end up kind of leaning me toward this is just another Pokemon game. <laughs> it is truly open world, and that I think is a lot to do with the issues it's having, especially. On top of that, the it has it has the issue that all of these open world games have is I don't know what to do. <laughs> I am I am stuck in purgatory of do I do one of three things and is it where I'm supposed to be like their Pokemon trainers in the area seem to be a bit more dynamically challenged, but you can hit a point where the Pokemon is 20, 20 levels above you and there's nothing you can do, but you have to faint like all your Pokemon die or, you know, faint and then you have to turn around and go somewhere else is the is kind of like the this is the trade-off of being open world i love the pokemon's linearity in ways i like that mm -hmm. i can just go somewhere and i'm walking in a general direction that i probably should be going in and in this game there's a lot of open world a lot of wild pokemon out for you to uh to catch battle with i feel like there's a lack of trainers to be honest uh there isn't you know in every Pokemon game, there's this one like, you know, alleyway in which there's 10 trainers or something like that, in which, you know, you defeat the fifth, you go run to the Pokemon Center and then run yep. back up to face the other five. Yep. Uh, so I feel like there's a lack of that in this one. Um, I'm just try sorry, I had a I had another point I wanted to make and I can't. Is it that it's game of the year? No, it's, be it's better than Arceus. I'll give you that. Oh, Perfect. Thank you. You reminded me of what it was. <laughs> I th they took a couple elements out of this game that I liked in Arceus. I really like the fact that I don't need to fight every Pokemon in order to catch them. Like yeah. in Arceus, I could hide in the grass. I'd have a crap ton of different Pokeballs and I could throw one at them and catch it without having to battling. That made the collecting portion of things very easy. And I liked that. Uh, I really don't know why they took out that feature, to be completely honest, uh, because it, it's a real big quality of life for me that I feel like I'm spoiled with and now I can't live without. <laughs> so maybe hopefully they add it in a way. But, you know, this game is a it, it, it does the Pokemon stuff well, and I get they're iterating and they're trying to make things feel new and different. But I just continue to run into the issue of and it's definitely showing its age right now where we have games like Bayonetta three that deserve a, co a better console to run on Xenoblade Chronicles three also deserves that. And now we run into Pokemon where is it the game or is it the switch? Like yep. what is yeah. holding it back? Do the developers want to do more and do they want to make, you know, a, a cleaner game, but they can't because they're, uh, because it's limited to the switch. And one thing that's kind of crazy. And I was reading or sorry, watching YouTube videos about it is the fact that like Nintendo co-publishes these games with game freak and Nintendo is known for delaying games and making sure that, you know, their games run smoothly on their console. And while Nintendo doesn't own game freak or Pokemon, they are synonymous. Like, 
they are one with each other. You haven't seen a Pokemon game come out for PlayStation since <laughs> the era of time has yeah. started. Yeah. So you've you've created this relationship. So why why aren't why isn't Nintendo treating it uh, like its other franchises? Is it Game Freak's fault? Like, I just don't know where the hiccups are here. Is it the system? Is it the company? Is it the game? Is it the developers? Like, why can we not get a one, a pretty Pokemon game and two, you know, especially in this case, one that runs runs well mm-hmm. is what is what I run into. But, you, you know, I'm I have the same problem as any other Pokemon fan right now. I don't care how buggy it is. I'm playing the crap out of this game. Like there's, you're part of the problem. I, exactly. <laughs> like yeah. it. And and so yeah. are the millions upon yep. millions of other people who bought this game at launch. Yep. Like Pokemon comes out and the world is different. <laughs> it feels like. Yeah. Uh because every kid is playing it. Every person that pretty much is 30 to 40 years old is probably playing it. So it feels like, you know, all of the 50, 60 and 70 year olds are like, what are, what are they doing? What is this Pokemon <laughs> sort of sort of stuff? You know, yeah. and yeah. And that kind of thing. But I, I have rambled on for quite some time about <laughs> Pokemon here. How how do you feel about it, Craig? Um, so you kind of hit on one of the points that I had actually I had like written it down because I didn't want to forget is that we've reached the point where they Nintendo. I'm talking about Nintendo, not Game Freak, needs to step up and make a competitive system in order for these games to be the way they should be. And Bayonetta is one of them, but this is like the most evident one for me that like we have games that look like God of War and Horizon uh, and Forza and and Halo looks good too. Halo and Mm -hmm. you're stuck. They're stuck making these games on 720p because, you know, handheld uh, and they just the hardware is not there. And Nintendo at this point needs to step up and do a 4K console. But the reason why they're not is exactly what you said, because people are going to buy anything that has Pokemon on it regardless. They do not care. So I just think it's a point where Nintendo is like, yeah, we know our our console's inferior, but guess what? We're still selling millions of these consoles, millions, and we're selling millions of copies of Pokemon. And Bayonetta is... Honestly, I think they look at Bayonetta as like Bayonetta is whatever. You know, I don't think they really care about Bayonetta. I hate that because I love Bayonetta. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah and a lot of people do, but they don't look at it as like a important, you know, it's not an important franchise to them. It's not a, on a Pokemon or Mario level. Um, I would love to see Bayonetta get away from Nintendo somehow, right? Like go to a, I don't even care if it's Sony or Microsoft at this point, just go somewhere else. Go so on computer. Can, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, just get that game where it deserves to be, which is 4K, 120 frames per second, just looking beautiful, oh God, dazzling yeah. across the, the screen, which you're never going to get mm-hmm. on a Nintendo console um, because Nintendo is stubborn. They don't care because they're making money. People are going to buy these consoles. Evident in the fact that they're still selling the same Switch Black Friday bundle that they've been selling for like a bazillion years now with Mario Kart. They mm-hmm. d- they do not care whatsoever. Boxes are a little bit more squarish, not as rectangle this year. Keep that yeah. in mind. 
but they do. Oh, okay. It's the same thing every year. They don't care. Um, but the game itself, like, again, I've only played like an hour. The intro is more of what I wanted from a standard Pokemon game. You're going yep. to school. Pick your Pokemon. Let's do it. I'm all about that. Um, in my head, I kind of looked at it as like when I was a kid, you you play Pokemon blue or red on Game Boy in black and white, black and green. And you're like, man, wouldn't it be cool to have a game where I'm just walking around and Pokemon are all over the place and I can just catch them. That's that's there now in this game. Um, in my opinion, I have more fun with this game than I did with Arceus. I think this is a better game than Arceus. Um, it's just not running well, but it's more of a traditional style Pokemon story, not gameplay, but story. Um, I'm having fun so far. I really like the the way the Pokedex goes when you catch a Pokemon and it does like the little book and puts it in there. I think that's a cool yeah. little touch. Like that's cool. All those little styles are very interesting, but the bugs are awful <laughs> and it just really takes away from the experience. So as somebody who didn't like Arceus at all, um, this is more in the direction that I wanted. But again, man, I would, I would kill to have this game, a game like this on Xbox or PlayStation. My goodness, it would be so cool. Yeah, we're seeing all these developers essentially just outrun the yeah. Switch, mm -hmm. and they require, you know, it's. It, we had a conversation about, you know, on, I think it was like maybe two or three podcasts ago about, uh, in general, just the specifically the Xbox Series S holding like forcing developers to hold back because they have <laughs> to make it also for that console too yep you know but like without going into that can of worms again you got the switch that's letting everybody else outrun them in terms of what they're trying to produce and you know you got another big title coming out in may with the second zelda breath of the wild and yep. they were able to they, they had no qualms being able to produce a fantastic product with the first but now I'm starting to worry about big titles that show up, you know, and try to do bigger things yeah. on the switch because the hardware just isn't there. So like, you know, if I could answer a portion of your question, Barry, I, I, it's a lot of the switch. It is definitely a lot of Nintendo knowing that our, our wallet still, they own it, mm -hmm. you know, regardless of what they produce, you know, but I'll tell you what, I didn't pre-order Pokemon this year. And for somebody who's not like in an invasion of the body snatchers mode, my wife last minute decided like, Hey, I'll get it fine. Like mm -hmm. we've broken the spell of having to get the next Pokemon. Yep. I hope, I hope that other people do too. Not to. I'm going to be doing this until I'm until I'm 80. I, I'm almost I get it. to you. Yeah. Yep. I get it, but like there are people who love Pokemon and grew up with it and had Blue on Game Boy and watched the Pokemon series and had the training cards <laughs> and lost a friendship because somebody stole his holographic nine tails. <laughs> okay, well, we're decided, getting personal now. This yeah, is we personal. Are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> who decided this time he's just not going to buy it. He's just going to wait. Call him out. Come out, Craig. Come on. Who, who are we calling out on the podcast today? We are way too big on this platform. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I don't want him to get buried, so I will not call him out. But That's there is fair. somebody I'd never talked to since he stole my holographic nine tails. He knows who he is. That's fair. Um, but yeah, like for somebody who has spent so much money on Game Freak and Pokemon prior to 2003, 
I'm the kind of person that's just not excited about a Pokemon until Pokemon has a platform that it can go on. Yeah. And and I'm sad about it. But my opinion's not going to change Nintendo's round table. So <laughs> Yeah. I I do personally think that like overall though this is a good Pokemon game. Yeah. Like uh it's just the bugs and the fact that it's graphically being I think restricted by what it's on is what keeps it from reaching its potential. And it was the same thing we said about Arceus because Arceus also didn't run that well either. And also had some visual glitches as well. Uh, But then, uh, and I was having this conversation. It, it makes me wonder whether or not like, and this is in the future, the new breath of the wild game or the new Zelda game comes out. And let's say that game runs cleanly spot on, no issues whatsoever. Mm Hmm. Does that mean like, then, like, does that mean one, other developers aren't taking advantage of the Switch like they should, or two, is the new Zelda game not innovating like how Pokemon is trying to innovate right here? So that's where that's where I kind of like the gray areas. I I love Zelda and I'll buy the next Zelda game, of course, and if it looks great and runs great, fine. But then how? How does how does the new Zelda game run fine and then not Bayonetta or not Pokemon <laughs> or not Xenoblade Chronicles 3? Like there is there's too much if what's and ands about about the Switch and not enough like the solution. And like I, I love my OLED Switch to be fair. I know we talked about it last week. Like I love this thing. It is mm-hmm. it, it is it is a clear upgrade over my original. And I'm happy I have it, but I also just want I I I want something where going to a Switch game doesn't feel like I'm going back and going back, I don't know, 10 years into the to past. To PS2 without... era? Yeah. <laughs> right. so, yeah. Th- th- that's what I feel like. I I truly love the I truly do love Nintendo and their and their games and the system. I do love the original idea of the Switch and what it did do for kind of console and home gaming. But or sorry, console and like to go gaming, like the true hybrid that, you know, we dreamed about for a while, but now like we're, we're running out of the point where Nintendo just needs to bite the bullet and go, okay, you can have the mobile console, the switch, or you can have the home console. And if we're lucky, you can play that one game on the or that one game on both systems and have like a significant upgrade over one or the other, depending yep. on what it is. I feel like that's the way they have to go. But again, Nintendo just continues to say, oh, we're working on it. But, you know, they never tell us when it's coming out or or what they have in store. Is it this? Yeah, yeah. Is it this spring? We'll see. Is it is, you know, is it the spring of 2023 where we see an announcement? Maybe, but. Until then, you know, it's I'll always continue to look at my switch like that little brother or little sister of the Xbox and PlayStation. Yep. Yeah, I don't like I have never bought a game for the switch that I could buy on Xbox or PlayStation ever. The only thing I buy are switch exclusives because why would i want to play anything on that console that i could play on an xbox or playstation makes Mm -hmm. no sense whatsoever that's a good point because like 
I was going to ask you, Barry, did you get Sonic on Switch or did you get Sonic on like PS5? Oh, PlayStation. PlayStation, of yeah. course. Yeah. I, I heard, play, I, I, you know, my thought process was, okay, Sonic is an open world, open zone, quote unquote, Sonic game. I want it to run well and I want it to look good, which the, I didn't talk about it, but the little I've played of Sonic Frontiers, I'm okay with it so far. I don't hate it. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's an okay Sonic game for what I believe. And there's definitely, I definitely like that they're trying this new portion of things for it, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about, you know, Pokemon. So <laughs> it's fair. Pokemon at the end of the day, this new one's all right. I think that's like a fair assessment. Yeah, I'm having fun. And I don't. And Craig, when you pick it up or you start playing it, I don't think you're going to regret it at yeah. all. Oh, like, I don't either. I don't. And they're definitely I do want to mention there is a step up in the character models, too. These yeah. character models, like the hair physics and the way they talk and emote with their faces does look a lot better than previous. Just not games. the eating physics. Yeah, the weird <laughs> eating. The, yeah, the weird eating thing is weird. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah. But overall, that's the games we played this week. Uh, definitely, you definitely got what you wanted for Pokemon. Definitely got that out of me at least. <laughs> yeah. Movies this week. Yeah. I finally watched Top Gun Maverick. Yes. And uh, the new Apple TV Plus with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, Spirited. Ooh. Yes. Uh, I also watched Spirited. Um, I also watched uh, Christmas Story Christmas, so there's two Christmas movies there. And then I did see uh, Wakanda Forever. Oh, sweet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your take on that. Um, <laughs> I uh, Not a big week for me again. I got to get back into watching things, but I've been just so focused on God of War. Uh, I watched Makes the sense. Smile. I watched Smile because I'm still in creepy oh, yeah. mode, even though we're in November. I forgot I watched that this week as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so I, I guess the oldest movie is Top Gun Maverick. So I yep. will talk about Top Gun Maverick. Yes. Okay. First off. Wow. One of my favorite movies this year, mm-hmm. uh, Maverick. And it, it, and it does the same thing as Top Gun. Who knew like, uh, who knew like the jet fighting could be like so tense and make me on the edge of my seat, like with, uh, with everything they did. Uh, the movie is gorgeous utterly just filled with the i i watch and to be fair i watch a lot of um i watch a lot of like 4k disc reviews from uh uh from on youtube i think his name is like cinema at home or something like that this is by far like if you have a 4k tv that a good 4k tv and you have a sound system you buy this disc and you yep. buy a 4k player for it it looks incredible and it sounds incredible the the airplanes taking off the base you get from it the gunfire the the acting i think is top notch too there's a reason this movie broke all tons of records um when it came out and you know it uh, i'm lucky enough to be able to have a very close to cinema feel in my own home but I totally get why this movie made people come back to the theaters because it is just it's fun. There's not I don't find it too slow. I really do think it, there is very few flaws I have with this movie, if any at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you 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 know, there is some things where I feel like Tom Cruise feels like, oh, I have to be the center of attention sort of thing where I kind of <laughs> wish like he wasn't. Sometimes I wish he just kind of let you know, Miles Teller in his own good acting, right? Take that, take that next step as well. 
but it's it overall it is fantastic i can't recommend this movie enough i really can't yeah that's a must buy for sure there's very few this year that i think are like must buy um let's do spirited because spirited i uh i really like this movie a lot (laughs) i didn't think i would like it as much as i did um the idea of a will ferrell ryan reynolds musical about comedy Christmas. yeah musical yeah. comedy yeah. sign me up yeah and i mean anything ryan reynolds is in i'm like i'm there will ferrell i you have to be hesitant sometimes because he did the uh what was the sherlock holmes one that one was awful um he oh, yeah. he can be hit or miss but for the most part like i enjoy and i think like the music is good it's extremely funny um i just like i had a blast with it i i expected it to be good but i think it was better than i thought it would be honestly yeah i think me personally um i liked the movie i, I mm-hmm. it's uh i i came in and uh, with the expectation i was gonna like it and i did yeah um i i do it i kind of enjoy every like not only is it really good just like chemistry between will ferrell and ryan reynolds i also kind i also like the the throwbacks to Charles Dickens Christmas story, which this has heavy inspirations from. Mm-hmm. I really do love that. I like the big drop of like Will Ferrell's character. Yep. Uh, with, with it as well, that good afternoon song. Like I still <laughs> like, you know, I still have it in my head yep. uh, a little bit, a lot of the time. And it's a good one. Yeah. Overall, this is a really good holiday movie. Um, especially when you consider like the ending, they were going to throw at you and then they changed the endings. It's, uh, the the ending isn't what you expect it would be for especially for a holiday movie like this. Yes. Uh but overall I think it I think Apple is trying to like definitely try to make their way in like the movie sphere with like AAA actors and that kind of thing. I think this is definitely one of the better money well spent sort oh, yeah. of movies where I I enjoyed the holiday portion of it. I thought it was funny and I th- I think for the most part they uh like this is this is a good and especially now they mention it the elf uh the yeah. elf line he has so to it I, it's so good I laughed I, so I, I lost it bad yeah yeah I <laughs> this, laughed pretty this, hard at that one this movie looked expensive yeah they put a lot of money did. into this movie you can tell um yeah. it wasn't cheap but yeah I I think it'll end up in my rotation of Christmas movies every year honestly. I think so too. I think you could go from Elf to this, and you probably yeah. wouldn't miss anything. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you could you could combine the two, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you could go to like Charles Dickens Elf into Spirited. I think yeah. I just created a nice four, four uh, five hour time frame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then watch Jingle All the Way as your finale because that's uh, it's still my favorite Christmas movie. The finale is Die Hard for me on Christmas Eve, but yeah. Ooh, yes. okay. I, I like every it. every year I watch Die Hard Christmas Eve night. That's like my go to, and I mean Elf and, and Jingle All the Way are in there. Home Alone, but like I have oh, to, I have to watch Die Hard Christmas Eve night. It's just like my go to. See, for and me, then, that's a Charlie Brown Christmas. That's mine. Christmas it's Eve. Good. Yeah, just a Charlie okay. Brown Christmas. It's just from being a kid, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just do it every year. And then Christmas oh, a, Day is a Christmas story. Yeah. And well, like for me, too, like we're talking about Christmas stuff like I'll it doesn't matter what I watch, but I always cut out time to watch those old like Christmas movies, the stop mm-hmm. motion ones like they, yep. they 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 don't look terrible even to this day. And they're at least 50, 60 years old. 
Yep. Uh, the and it, I don't know. It just reminds me of being a child so much with those movies. I can could watch all of those and then watch Jingle all the way, and then I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Christmas Story, right? Christmas Story, Christmas, which came out on HBO Max this week, which is, um, I mean. My wife watches Christmas Story like eight times on Christmas Day because they play it. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. They play it all day. I'm so sorry. Um, so so sorry for you. (laughs) I never like. I didn't watch it very much growing up. Like my parents didn't really watch it that much. I've seen it, um, but I definitely watched it more now. But um, Christmas Story Christmas is like they've made. I think they made Christmas Story two somewhere down the line. But this is like uh, thirty years later. So Ralphie from Christmas Story is older. He's an adult with kids. Um, I think that this was done pretty well. Um, I enjoyed it. Starts off a little rough, I thought. And I was like, I don't know about this. But I after like the first 15 minutes, I was like, all right, this is actually pretty good. Um, the ending of the movie seamlessly ties itself back to the very first movie, which I always like that kind of stuff. It's like seamless. And I was like, that is such a cool way to do it. Um, but yeah, I I enjoyed it. Is it something I'm going to watch every year? I don't know. You know, I my time with it was fine. Um, We'll see if it ends up in that Christmas rotation. It might just because I feel like you can never have too many movies in your Christmas movie rotation, just like you can never have too many horror movies in October. You know, like there's always room for more. You can always throw more in. Um, Nothing will top like a Christmas story is like iconic for a lot of people. Christmas Day, you oh, watch yeah. Christmas Story. It just is. Whether or not you like the movie or not, it's a it's a big part of Christmas. So I think it's worth a watch um, if you enjoy the first or the original. If you don't, you're probably not going to find too much there that you like. Um, but it's a, it's a decent movie. Um, Wakanda Forever. Can't forget about that one. Um, my first one out of all of us to see it? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Yes. I will say that uh, for for us, because we all live in the same area, I always go to the same movie theater, which is kind of run down. Um, so it was a nice surprise when I went in and found that they had completely recarpeted the place. They have recliners oh. in there now, and they completely revamped their sound system, so it sounds phenomenal. So that was like a big plus going in there and sitting down and being like, okay. Um, what I'll say about Wakanda Forever is... The first 10, 15 minutes of the movie is such a beautiful tribute to Chadwick Boseman. It's phenomenally well done um, to take the time. Like no intro just goes straight into uh, a funeral and like a remembrance for him and straight cutting to a the Marvel logo where it's all scenes from him all of his Black Panther scenes in purple, like the Marvel logos in purple. So well done. Um, it's It was an insanely well done tribute. The movie itself um, is, it's a longer movie. It's like two hours and 45 minutes. Uh, oh, wow. I think that there's a lot of this movie that could have been cut out. It's too long. Um, I enjoyed it, but it was definitely parts where I was like, this is dragging. Um, this is too much. Uh, they cut it down to like, I honestly think you could take out probably a half hour or more of this movie mm-hmm. to streamline it. Uh, the women in Wakanda forever, which is like the main focus, do a good job of carrying the movie. They really do. 
uh, I'm not completely sold on Shuri as Black Panther. I'm just not. Um, she does a good job. I just don't know that she's like, for me, it was like the movie. She didn't have that like superhero moment in the movie. They didn't really give her one. Um, okay. So I think the movie it's beautifully shot. It's the story's great. The villain is awesome. I really like the villain. Um, but I think part of the problem that I had was, when I go to a Marvel movie, I expect a good story, which I got, and I expect good action scenes, and there's not a whole lot in this movie. It's a lot of slow dialogue, <laughs> um, and I was just like, I they're setting up the, the villain, right? They're setting up his people, where he's from, and it's all really cool. Um, I really like him, but it was just too long. And it just goes on and on. And there's so many moving parts and different characters doing different things that you get the big payoff fight scene, action scene at the end, which is really cool. Very, very cool. Um, but other than that, there's like one or two other scenes in that three hour time span of action. And that's about it. So when you compare it to like the original Black Panther, like there's a lot going on in that movie. And that movie is like, so insanely well done and it just it moves along right and you're like man i'm invested in this movie this movie's great this one i was like i know when i'm like looking at my phone like six seven eight times that I like i'm starting to get a little bored then i'm like uh we need to like speed it up a little bit so it's it's it was a necessity right to set up a number of characters that they're going to use later which is good but i i don't know it's just a bit too much for me. So I think everybody should see it, but it's not one that I'm going to go out of my way to watch again, for sure. Um, it's like a one and done for me. Got it. Smile. I think. Yeah. I nope. mean, oh yeah. I was going to say, I'll, I'll, I'll I'm going to watch mm -hmm. it, but like that's, yeah. that's a lot of great insight. Cause mm -hmm. I didn't know that it was two hours and 45 minutes. I didn't look that up. So I think it's the longest today. I, it was something like it was the longest one in the Marvel universe so far, I think. And you can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably drags um, a little bit. That's the only mm -hmm. thing about movies that long. Is you can mm -hmm. definitely tell when it drags. You can do a three-hour movie. and I've sat through three-hour movies, Lord of the Rings being Batman. one of them. Batman. Batman but you got you to keep my attention, right? And, like, you got to be, like, you can have those scenes where they're explaining stuff, but, like, you got to follow it up with something to, to, like, keep me, like, interested. Yeah. But anyway, give me a smile. Uh, smiles great. Wait, what? Uh, I said smiles great. Yeah, yeah. Give me a smile. <laughs> smile, smile yeah. is great. I'm watching it a little late because I'm not a rich guy, so I can't go to every movie. But um, Paramount Plus and Peacock, if yeah. anybody has those particular streaming services, it's dope because of the fact that 45 days after certain movies are in theater, they get to roll out. Smile yeah. was supposed to be on Paramount Plus initially until they smartly brought it back and were like, let's release this theatrically. And they did. And they made a lot of money. But anyway, the actual movie. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's a longer one for a scary movie. It's about an hour and 55 minutes. But essentially what ha what happens is there is this woman who works in a hospital specifically with uh, in, in mental health and mental patients and such like that. 
and she gets one person who comes in on an ambulance and she was supposed to take off for the day, but she didn't. She decided to stay and just kind of like take this one last person. And this particular girl was having an issue where nobody was believing her. She sees an entity. You can kind of see where that's going. Nobody believes her. So she ends up in the session where she's asking the girl whether or not, or like just general questions about like just everything the entity comes and causes the girl to freak out. And then as the woman is calling for help, she turns around and the girl's smiling. Everybody's seen the trailer. Mm -hmm. What I do like about the movie is number one, it's a nice slow burn where they nail it is there's not as many jump scares as I thought there were going to be. What they get you with is anticipation of jump scares. They do the, refrigerator door opening and like she gets something out of the refrigerator and then she closes the door and nothing's there usually in a lot of movies there is yeah the refrigerator is a yeah you go to the refrigerator you're getting jumped yep yeah yeah it's like every time yeah it's like the bathroom scene when somebody gets something out of their cabinet the medicine cabinet they close it it. someone's in the mirror yeah yep So, like, they don't do that a lot, which is actually kind of nice because what they do is they kind of make you think that you're going to get something. But what she does is she keeps seeing smiling entities throughout the movie. Either she sees them from far away. She sees them in a dark location. Sometimes there is a jump scare regarding it. But what they also do correctly in this particular movie is the girl, the main character, also struggles with her own mental health because of something that happened to her as a child, classic, like, you know, something with mom or dad that scars you for life. So in actuality, what the movie is, is there is something, like there is a thing, like a demon entity, ghost, whatever you want to call it, that gets transferred over to her from seeing that girl die by it. And now she has it. But it, but it also is compounded with her naturally all, already struggling with her own demons. That's where they do it correctly. The movie, I'd say I would watch it if there was like a Craig number of times I'd watch it. I'd probably watch it two or three times a year, maybe in the next and year, so year and a half. So it's a Craig watch two out of five. <laughs> yeah. Two out of five. <laughs> it's a Craig watch two out of five. All right. Um, as you guys know, I'm easily scared, so I enjoyed the anticipation of thinking there was going to be seven more jump scares than there actually was. It made the movie better for me. I'm interested to see what you think, Craig, because you're not as easily jump scared as myself. <laughs> I think the uh, the jump scare that they put in the trailer, which I feel like they shouldn't have, was done so well. Like I yeah. just re- I the one where she's in the car, it's so yes. good. So good. And I really wish they wouldn't have put that in the trailer because I feel like that would have hit so much harder if I didn't know it, it was coming because it's mm-hmm. so good. Um, it is good. Yeah. Some of the people, <laughs> some of the people that like the entity uses when they're smiling, uh, when they're trying to do like this smile that's supposed to come across as creepy is almost comical to me. <laughs> like some people pulled yeah. off better than others in this movie, but uh, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was done very well the story's interesting it has like kind of like a ring vibe where like you saw it now you're gonna die in i think they said yeah. four days right the movie's four days well actually they said they said a lot of people died in seven but some yeah. people didn't last before four it's just that's the yeah. funny thing about the whole thing yeah so it has yeah. that ring vibe to it uh that 
the ending's an interesting choice. Um, yeah. the ent- the way the entity looks is an interesting choice, but I think it works. Uh, mm. I yeah, I, it was enjoyable. I I probably would have watched it in theaters. I was actually going to, and then I forgot it was in theaters. But I feel like it would have been a good movie to see in theaters with like probably, a group of yeah. people. Uh, but yeah, now you can just stream it and. I don't think the two hours hurts it. We're so used to like an hour and a half. Anything longer than that in a horror movie is too much. I think it moves along pretty well. And I didn't I didn't it didn't feel like it was overstaying its welcome. So, yeah, I mean, I'd probably I'll give it let's do it. Let's do a three out of five. We'll do a three out of five. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's all all right. Is there anything else anybody wants to talk about or get off their chest here? Mm Mm-mm. Uh, I will. I did want to say, do expect us to talk about the game award nominations and probably go through them next week. We just had a, you know, two big games come out and I really wanted to give them, give them their proper spotlight yep. before we go to next week where we have evil West and then not too much more afterward. So starting to slow down, starting to see the video game season finally start to slow down. Thank God I need it. Uh, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll have more opinions on I haven't played Warzone 2.0 yet, but I did play DMZ, so we'll kind of get more better opinions about that before we we give our final thoughts on it. But overall, uh we just want to thank you guys for listening. If you're interested, please make sure to review on your podcast listening platform of choice and that you share it with any friends that you think might like this. If you're interested, we have a Twitter, which who knows if Twitter's going to die or not. We're still kind of waiting <laughs> on that. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's uh, another thing. Instagram, Facebook, a Twitch as well, in which you could follow us there at if you'd like. We also have an email at highsensitivitypodcast at gmail.com if you would also like to get in touch with us there. Again, we thank you guys for listening. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Later, y'all.